Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. It's Monday. It's October 26th. And the word of the day is Logostellus, which means a person whose love of words is greater than their knowledge of words. And the other words of the day are Zadok, Zist, and Mujik. Uh, I don't know what they mean, but they're great <laughs> in Scrabble, all of them. It's a shame they're not more familiar, though, because a Muzjik and a Tzadik walk into a Zist is a great setup. Anyway, <laughs> I have no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Bartenders like, that's great, but I'm a Logostellus. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, America's got more cases than a Law & Order box set. Trump will remind us that he's at his best when he's unwatchable. And fucking vote. Yes, yeah. please. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, one more week before Election Day, let's get some predictions. No chance of this backfiring in the most depressing way possible. It's do a prediction. <laughs> How many electoral votes each for Biden and Trump? Uh, 538 each with a margin of error of 538. Ah, damn it. Nailed it. Leave it to Noah to outsmart my prices right strategy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but serious answer? Do you have a serious answer? I don't know. 400 plus for Biden. Dude, that plus one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going on record. 323 for Biden. Okay. Ooh. All right. I'm over. Over. I'm taking the over. Spicy. In our lead story tonight, both Donald Trump and Joe Biden probably had the best debate performances of their careers on Thursday night when the two presidential hopefuls squared off in Nashville, Tennessee, for the final debate of the 2020 election. For Biden, this meant clearly articulating a vision for the future of America, drawing stark distinctions between himself and his opponent, and maintaining both gravitas and empathy throughout. For Trump, it meant never visibly plucking his underwear out of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, the intern who was ducked behind the podium doing it for him was the real MVP oh, God. of the debate. I think he can agree. Yeah. That was Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> he it didn't even was, have to duck. No. Nope. Of course, <laughs> this was the third scheduled debate, uh, but only the second one to take place because as dumb as he is, Trump is still image conscious enough to know that Nobody who saw him trying to figure out a Zoom call on the fly was going to entrust him with a nuclear <laughs> button. And as you recall, the first debate was an exercise in how close Trump could surf to the edge of la la la, I can't hear you without falling in. But thanks to the master class in moderation we got from NBC's so Kristen Welker. So good. And, well, and also the fact that Tall Tyler threatened to burn the puppet pals alive if Trump started <laughs> his homo say what bullshit again. We actually managed to clear the extremely low bar of conversation with sentences and everything. Yeah, it was good stuff. And even if Trump kept going with the says what game, 
Kristen Welker would have tricked him into saying what and then moved on while he was crying because he got <laughs> tricked. <laughs> yeah, right. She did that shit. So one of the main things Biden wanted to do going into the home stretch was distill his case against Trump into as succinct and pithy a package as possible. And he managed to pare it down to one and a half fucking words. Come on. <laughs> he did. <laughs> right? like, so according to, yeah. According to USA Today's transcript, Biden used that phrase nine times Eight times as a standalone sentence. <laughs> and, and I got to be honest with you, that's pretty much all the case that should need to be made against Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Counterpoint? Come on. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I, I mean, you know, he added context in all those instances, but if he'd only said come on the entire time, I still think it would have been a damn compelling argument. Yeah. Great work from Biden and his prep team. In the yeah. first debate, I was constantly angry that Biden wasn't calling out each very obvious lie from Trump. Maybe Biden didn't want to like fact check on the fly without being sure, but somebody on that prep team realized that just saying, come on, and then saying that's been debunked multiple times by every single credible media outlet, that's pretty much guaranteed to be an accurate comeback to anything Donald Trump ever <laughs> says. Yes. You don't have to like know right. for sure. Now, to his credit, Trump did manage to slither over the historically low bar set for him by visibly refraining from yelling anti-gay slurs at Joe Biden the whole time. That being said, I honestly think he said more untrue sentences than true ones if you count stuff like good evening and I need to respond to that as true sentences, <laughs> right? The New York Times said Trump, quote, unleashed an unrelenting series of false, misleading and exaggerated statements. CNN called it a, quote, onslaught of falsehoods. The Washington Post lamented that Trump, quote, yet again, broke the fact check meter. His lies range from potentially deadly misinformation about the pandemic to denying having said the thing he said two sentences ago to some Glenn Beck level shit about Hunter Biden's laptop and the <laughs> mayor of Moscow's wife. And basically the worst distortion the fact checking sites could find from Joe Biden was to point out shit like, like, you know, when he said there's no evidence that raising the minimum wage hurts small businesses, he should have said there's no compelling evidence. Okay, my favorite one of those fact checks is that NPR corrected Biden saying Trump is trying to take away health care during the pandemic by pointing out that he was actually trying to do that before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. No, it's That's it's worse than Biden made it sound. Um, and, and look, obviously Biden won the debate. All the flash polls agree. Any reasonable metric would agree with the flash polls. <laughs> I don't know, Noah. Maybe you've heard of political outsider Megyn Kelly because she <laughs> thinks different. Any reasonable metric would agree with that. Oh, sorry. Them. You know what? That's fair. Yep, That's yep. fair. Um, Kristen Welker, who crushed her role as moderator, was also a big winner. Uh, and I think there's pretty much universal agreement on that. She too. was amazing. She needs to be the official press secretary wrangler for all future Republican administrations. <laughs> if that species called Republicans continues to exist in the in like the yes. wild that yeah, needs to hope. be what happens. Yeah, I would watch not. her and Sarah wrestle. <laughs> but I, I think the biggest winner from Thursday night, though, might have been the very concept of presidential debates. Right. Because as bad as the last one was, it's not like they had a you know, tradition of being great leading up to that one. They've been so bad for so long that a lot of people rightly question whether it was even possible to have a thoughtful, informative debate in the modern era. And, and, and we still fell short of that because tr Trump is neither informed nor 
in possession of thoughts, but we no, got surprisingly not. close, and it gives us at least some hope that this isn't a complete waste of fucking time going forward. Yeah, that format yeah. actually worked if the moderator knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And speaking of things worth standing up and paying attention to, let's take a quick break from word for our first sponsor this week, Roman. Keith, hold still. You're squeezing. I am Ow. not squeezing. Ow. You're that squeezing. That's hey squeezing. Hey guys, have you seen my G- Jesus? What are you doing to Heath's penis? Oh, hey Noah. Uh, this uh, Heath's been struggling with a little erectile dysfunction, so we figured duct tape, right? Duct tape, exactly. Yeah. Okay, one, absolutely not. And two, why don't you just try Roman? See that guy that hangs out by the pool in a Speedo? Because I don't think that's Heath's jam. No, 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 no. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. I'm talking about real medicine with free two-day shipping. So, no duct tape needed? Absolutely no duct tape needed. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Skeptocrat to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Skeptocrat for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash Skeptocrat. All right, Noah. Let's give it a try. All right, Heath. Let's get this tape off. Eli, no! Don't... You okay, Heath? No, I'm not, Noah. No, I'm not. (laughs) Actually, I kind of liked it. (laughs) Line me up again. (laughs) And we're back. Next up in headlines, in Like a Rocket News, we're number one. We're number one. What's happening? USA. 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 I'm in. That's right, yeah. They said it couldn't be done. They said it wasn't possible, but the U.S. has once again shattered the record we ourselves set for most coronavirus cases in a single day. Nice! USA, in our faces, us. (laughs) (laughs) Man, national accomplishments like that really take your breath away, don't they? (sighs) They sure do. So, yeah, you remember way back 10,000 years ago when the entire country sheltered in place because cases were at their highest? I was in Georgia, so no. Okay, yeah. Well, this week uh, we broke that number by more than six thousand cases, and impressively, we did it without shutting down the country at all. No. Yeah, in spite of all those cases, we as Americans would not be cowed and continue to behave as though nothing, nothing at all is going on. So, as of writing this. 34 states are reporting a rise in cases, prompting ever more desperate public servants to beg their constituents to stop killing themselves. Uh, One of my favorites comes from Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota, who issued a Thanksgiving challenge to his state. Are they still a state? We're still (laughs) doing North Dakota, really? Yeah, here's what he had to say. Quote, it would be really great to be sharing with all of you at Thanksgiving that our numbers are going down as we head into the holiday period. That would be great. That we've got, yeah, it would be great, yeah. That we've got increasing amounts of hospital capacity, that our schools have remained open, and that our businesses are open during that holiday season. And That is dark. That wouldn't be so great that I would use any of my powers as governor to increase its likelihood, but you know, it'd be nifty <laughs> is what I'm saying. It'd be like a nifty... Be swell. Oh, swell. Woof. Now... Some of you may be wondering where these cases are coming from. Well, according to health officials, it's largely due to schools opening and family gatherings moving indoors. But 
religious services are also a factor. Yeah, uh, also a factor. Half a million idiots on motorcycles at Sturgis having yeah. a fucking beard rubbing convention and <laughs> vest gala, whatever they do. I don't know. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, but if you're interested about how bad that religion part was, uh, quick reminder, why not pick up a copy of Outbreak, A Crisis of Faith, How Religion Ruined Our Global Pandemic, available on Amazon right now. It is. I'm going to do exactly that right now. And speaking of things you should give your money to, let's toss things over to our second sponsor this week, The Great Courses Plus. Nope. Still nothing. Try it again. Maybe maybe flip the pages slower. I'm flipping pretty slow right now. Well, flip a little bit it's slower. It's slow enough, I hey, feel like. guys, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Noah. Heath and I were just thinking about how awesome it would be to be experts at stuff. So we're trying super speed reading. Okay, what's super speed reading? So basically, we flip the pages of a book in each other's faces to see if we get anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've learned most of Sapiens at this point. Uh, it's Sapiens. Dang. Guys, if you want to learn on your own time, why don't you just try The Great Courses Plus? What's The Great Courses Plus? It's a streaming service that has thousands of informative, engaging lectures, all available from the comfort of your own home. There are hundreds of different subjects to choose from. Lately, I've been checking out Wonders of the National Parks, a geology of North America. It's been a great way to sate my pandemic wanderlust while learning a ton about America's past. And it's presented by National Geographic director Ford Cochran. So as you can imagine, it's absolutely gorgeous to watch. That sounds great. And it sounds like you're, you know actually learning stuff i am and get this the great courses plus is offering our listeners a free trial of unlimited access to the entire library that's access to any and all of their courses completely free don't wait any longer just go to the great courses plus.com slash skeptocrat remember the great courses plus.com slash skeptocrat all right no we are in yeah i'm in now uh let's get this tape off of you eli wait what tape wait why did Unrelated, it's a different thing. I got it. Call an ambulance! No. <laughs> and we're back. Next up in headlines, Donald Trump recorded an interview last week with Leslie Stahl for 60 Minutes. And he got frustrated with all the questioning that happened. He was expecting a much less interrogative interview process, I guess. <laughs> so he stormed out before answering the last few questions, went home in a snit, and then took the footage of the interview recorded by his staff that was only supposed to exist for archive purposes and angrily posted it on Facebook. <laughs> this generated a whole bunch of extra publicity for the interview right in CBS's face because they hate <laughs> extra publicity. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if they were hoping to make Leslie Stahl look like she would be a terrible babysitter for a shitty toddler, they nailed it. Yeah. No. Well, you know, the fact that he can't handle being gently corrected by a 78 year old woman sure did make him look tough, though. Yeah. It's the best. Law and order. So Trump posted his 38 minute clip along with the caption. Look at the bias, hatred and rudeness on behalf of 60 Minutes and CBS. Again, the bias he's referring to is the interrogative bias of questions, I guess. Yep. <laughs> and apparently the hatred part was making those questions about bigoted topics like the economy and the global pandemic. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. Trump was born with those things. It's a bigoted thing to ask him about. And real gotchas. <laughs> the uh, the rudeness was the violent and aggressive, very relaxed tone of a woman who's much smarter than him, making that fact very clear. Especially <laughs> the part when Leslie Stahl would sum up every Trump answer by saying, okay, you were lying just now, and you also didn't answer the question, do you want to try again? And he'd try again, he'd fail, she'd point out how he failed again, and she'd move on to the next question. It took Trump 38 minutes of this to realize he was being humiliated and finally (laughs) leave. Okay. What was he expecting? Describe your perfect fall day? Yeah, the, the video literally starts with him begging her to go easy on him. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we, so, so, he says, we have the greatest economy of all time. She's like, but you know that's not true. He's like, you wouldn't say that to Biden. He's like, yes, he wouldn't say that blatantly untrue a thing, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. Besides the flagrant... Journalism from Leslie Stahl. <laughs> Trump's other big complaint was that Joe Biden got a whole different set of questions. Yes. And none of did. those questions were difficult ones about being president of the United States right now in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. About a minute before the end of the clip, Trump whines about how Stahl gave Joe Biden a whole bunch of softball questions in his interview. So, She explains that, first of all, she didn't interview Joe Biden. That was someone else. That's a damn strong argument. Kind of an important (laughs) detail. Yeah, pretty strong argument. (laughs) And then she's forced to go into like kindergarten teacher mode. And she's like, Donald, focus up. Just forget about how much chocolate milk Joe Biden got. You're the president. I'm talking to you in your interview. I'm asking you questions about that. And that's when Trump snaps and he's like... You started this interview by asking me if I'm ready for tough questions. How dare you? That's enough. Let's go. (laughs) And he pulls off his mic and he storms out. You know, it's easy to get caught up in what a dangerous monster Trump is because of the power he has. But it's moments like this that help us remember that he really is just every other stupid asshole in America, right? Like, this was just the nationally televised version of Uncle Frank leaving Thanksgiving because you pointed out a guy on his third divorce might want to be careful about which marriages he calls biblical. (laughs) Fuck you! I'm leaving. Yeah. Well, except for he's the dumbest Uncle Frank ever, right? Because in this instance, Frank then posted a video of him eating white castles off his dashboard where he's talking about, like, you know, I bet all them assholes with their turkey and their stuff and sure are jealous of me, right? I get all of the sliders. Exactly. So You look terrible right now. This is, this is honestly, this is a new one. It's almost impressive. Donald Trump tried to take his ball and go home, and he missed. Yes! This yes! is the most Donald Trump thing ever. He managed to rage quit and miss. And yep. he was genuinely confused by the idea that the interview had already happened. When you take your ball and you go home, you're supposed to do that before you get embarrassed on video. But so Trump played the game of basketball, got thoroughly embarrassed on the court, and then he quit the game. And then he got home with his ball and realized, A, they have a ball there at CBS, but also the whole game was already recorded, so he posted his own recording of the same embarrassing game for spite. He spited them backwards. He's like, but I'm Leslie Stahl, though. I'm Leslie Stahl in my video. 
And in pole dancing news tonight, we're twice shy. I get it. I get it, right? We've been hurt before and badly. And on top of that, Schmuckle Orange has been telegraphing his intent to steal the election since Inauguration Day, occasionally even impeachably so. And nobody knows the future. So with that caveat, you know, that any fucking thing could happen. Every goddamn piece of data we have suggests that Trump is about to have his ass handed to him in a historic Robin Rabbit's foot. No, Robin I'm knocking on the wood. No. I'm knocking on the Pascal's wager. I'm Christian now. I'm Muslim now. I'm Jewish. Whatever. Superstitious as we are. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, Biden's polling lead is way bigger and way more consistent than Hillary's ever was, right? 538 has given him an 87% chance of winning, and their models are leaning towards ass-kicking. And I know you're thinking, yeah, whatever, Noah, they said the same thing about Hillary, and that's true, but they've identified the problem, they've corrected it, and even if they're wrong about the problem, and they're making the exact same mistake to the exact same degree, the Washington Post did the math on that, Biden still wins the election with over 350 electoral votes in that case. To to which Eli has inserted a quarter-page size image What's from Hawkeye <laughs> from the Avengers saying, don't do that, don't give me hope, into our notes. I'm not sure what we, you were trying to communicate to the folks at home with really? that. But, um, Hawkeye? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so maybe you're thinking, yeah, whatever, Noah, I don't trust the polls. But then just look at every single major election since Trump won. Right. His inauguration was heralded by the largest organized protest in the history of fucking Earth. And since then, virtually every major election has overwhelmingly swung towards the Democrats. I mean, that's not to say they won all of them, obviously, but virtually all of them came up way bluer than normal by a lot. That includes a historic turnout for the midterm blue NAMI and record turnout for this election's primaries. Even after the candidates were decided, Eli stopped putting that image in the notes. No, don't. Never. Okay. And by the way, not to press our luck, but the two most likely Senate outcomes are 51 blue or 52 blue. Yeah, which means 55 blue or 56 blue when we Belichick the shit out of this and make D.C. and Puerto Rico into states that get senators. I like that. And there's something about the Girl Scout cookies. They want to give them one, too. Okay, so now look, maybe you're thinking, yeah, whatever, Noah and Heath, that's the past and I live in the present. But in the present, voting has already started and early voting is shattering records left and right. Sure, some of this is because of coronavirus. Yes, but regardless, the numbers indicate a record turnout in this election, even when you factor that in. And thus far, according to the states that released partisan information on that, Democrats have a massive lead in actual votes cast as well as new voter registrations. And this is pretty cool. Three different people, listeners to the show, emailed me and said they're voting for Biden after realizing that not voting for Hillary Clinton was a mistake. They felt shame for a bad decision and they changed their behavior. So what I'm saying is, you're welcome, Joe Biden. Our podcast <laughs> probably won this for you. We are your Mark Taylor, sir. <laughs> so we're your James Comey. All right, so maybe we're your you're James thinking, Taylor. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> Noah and Heath. All of I those. get it. Just stop saying it out loud so nobody gets complacent and thinks that they don't have to still go out and vote. And believe me, I get that, but. I seriously fucking doubt anyone listening to this show is stupid enough to think that after four fucking years of us telling them that they should have voted as well as who they should have voted for is going to think that. 
Yes, that's the one. Is going to think that this story means they're off the fucking hook. And there's about as much evidence for God as there is for a lack of enthusiasm that will dampen the anti-Trump vote. So I'm going to go ahead and lay my chips down now because we've all waited too long to hear it. Trump, you're fucking fired. Does Pascal's wager. I I love it, though. And knocking, knocking. I hope I want to do Melania and Sarah sketches again. So bad. You mean so like bad. when they're extra irrelevant callbacks? Yes, that's my whole thing. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's your wheelhouse. Got it. <laughs> that's my brand. And in Ardern Appreciation News, the magical island of New Zealand whose rolling hills and full-bodied wine bar workers still haunt Heath's sweetest dreams mm. are killing it this year. First, for those who don't know, they beat the coronavirus by wearing masks and staying the fuck inside. And then last week, they went ahead and re-elected the best thing in politics since the guillotine, Jacinda Ardern. <laughs> uh, and abundant enough mollusks to sustain a large population through an apocalyptic scenario. Just We took Ray, motherfuckers. You owe us. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And you know what? We want to cash in the favor. Tell us what you did to get rid of all the stupid people in your voting system. How did you do it? You have to have idiots down there. Everybody has idiots, right? What did you do? Did you like hunt them and put them in a giant underground <laughs> Hunger Games scenario? How did you do it? Tell us how you did it. Send them to California, man. And I was going to say, I think was on to something. <laughs> okay. If it's the yeah, underground so- Hunger Games thing, blink twice. <laughs> Got, Got it. it. Yes. <laughs> so for those unfamiliar with our Dern, she is just 40 years old and she's the fucking best. She's an ex-Mormon who describes herself as agnostic. Uh, I mentioned this already, but she fucking beat COVID. Uh, And fun fact, she adopted and appointed a first cat (laughs) when she was elected. She did. Yeah, there's truly nothing not to like about this woman. uh, 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 The R and the N kind of run together sometimes in the newspaper and it looks like Ardem. But other than that, yeah, there's nothing else. Yeah, that's the 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 only one. And it's worth pointing out with the R <laughs> and I'm voting third party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and point Make zero, my newspapers readable again, yeah. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that she didn't just win the election last week. She also won the Labor Party a majority, 64 out of 120 parliamentary seats, which means she will be in charge of the first party able to govern without a coalition under New Zealand's current political structure where coalitions are the norm, and a single party hasn't won the majority in 24 years. Wow. So, again, they didn't just re-elect an awesome politician. They re-elected an awesome politician and gave her absolute power, which is what you should do with good leaders so that they don't have to deal with fucking backlash by idiots. (sighs) Either way, New Zealand... If you're listening, and according to our audio boom stats, 2.3% of you are from New Zealand, please take us back. We will be so good to you. Yeah. And we took Ray. As, like, there shouldn't even be a fucking way you, you should have yeah. to. Yeah. We, we didn't even come close to cashing in we're, all the favors for that. Right. We're the opposite of Ray, the three of us. <laughs> we'll we'll give you back Ray. We'll hostage back Ray if you yeah. don't do it. Bring Ray back. <laughs> there we go. Do our favor. We know how to draw him in. We'll dress up like stoned college students. <laughs> <laughs> we'll clone a Ray every five minutes until you do what we say. <laughs> and finally tonight. 
in the Hunter for Red October surprise news. <laughs> Dude, you should fucking retire on that one. Just go out on top. Just, did you hear that? That was me dropping my microphone. In a panic of last-minute desperation, the Trump campaign came up with the saddest little attempt at an October surprise with a story about Hunter Biden's email. Apparently, their playbook ran out a while ago, so they tried to run the old butter emails play from 2016, except James Comey is gone, and they don't have anything about Joe Biden's email, and all the grown-up newspapers with full-size pages won't publish their ridiculous <laughs> story. So that's why we learned from the New York Post in its mostly pictures and not too much lettery stuff tabloid format <laughs> that a computer repair shop found a bunch of compromising information on Hunter Biden's hard drive, including an email from an advisor at the Ukrainian energy company Burisma about meeting Hunter's dad one time. Ooh. The, the Trump campaign is like your buddy who wears the same outfit every time you go out because that's what he was wearing when he made out with the girl who looked just like Baby Spice. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And and by the way, by doing this shit, they have poisoned their own goddamn well so much that if definitive proof came out tomorrow that Joe Biden was a shape-shifting, blood-drinking, pedophilic, cannibalistic, interterrestrial lizard Satanist, it would not move the polls. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad they, like, like they've done. So they, this is an anti-October surprise. <laughs> Even if you had Q-level clearance about the nuclear nature <laughs> of that interterrestrial lizard Satanist thing. Yep. So, according to the New York Post and their... Their big source, that would be Rudy Giuliani. Nonpartisan. Here's the full narrative that we're supposed to believe. In 2019, Hunter Biden spilled some water on his laptop that was full of incriminating information about his father lying and secret international business dealings and videos of Hunter smoking crack that he, he keeps on his computer for posterity, I guess. Because sure. he arrested a black sure. yeah. yeah, so... Hunter hopped on an airplane from California, where he lives, to find the world's greatest data recovery expert at a strip mall in Wilmington, Delaware. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that expert is John Isaac, a huge Trump supporter by chance. Crazy coincidence. I would say Delaware could just be where he gets his crack, though. That makes sense. Also, oh, Delaware yeah. Kind of fits together on that crack. On that angle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's when Hunter Biden handed Mr. Isaac the laptop and then never returned. Isaac was able to recover some data and decided to peruse it, and he found a shocking trove of smoking gun intel on a major presidential candidate. So he figured it was his civic duty to contact the authorities. Eventually, the FBI took the laptop and the recovered data, but Isaac also made an extra copy just in case Rudolph Giuliani might need it one day. And that one day happened to be three weeks before Election Day. So Giuliani took the copy of the hard drive, went to the best journalism team he could think of, the New York Post, and <laughs> their best writer at the Post <laughs> named Redacted, Please Don't Put Me in the Byline, <laughs> yep. typed up the article for publication. Oh, And that incriminating information was... That Joe Biden loves his son. Yeah, I just, like, 
Look, I'm, I'm pretty sure the greatest effect this is going to have on the election is that it made Trump shit at the last debate sound Alex Jonesier than it otherwise yeah. would have sounded. Which right? is hard. But right, yeah, that was their October surprise, that they could get even dumber. <laughs> yeah. And here's a few other details that emerged now that adult-folding newspapers started following up. First of all, Mr. Isaac is not able to identify the man who dropped off the laptop as Hunter Biden for sure. Apparently, Isaac is legally blind, but also there's no security camera footage because this was way back in 2019 when that technology wasn't very ubiquitous. Right, yeah. (laughs) Isaac also contacted two members of Congress about the information, but he cannot say which ones. And he's not willing to answer any questions about why Rudy Giuliani would end up being in possession of the recovered data, especially when Giuliani is famously known for walking around Ukraine with a Zach Morris cell phone from 1992, (laughs) but dialing Russian spies while he talks with Ukrainian government officials. Regardless, Giuliani was willing to explain why he gave the story to the Post. Quote, either nobody else would take it, or if they took it, They'd spend a bunch of time trying to contradict it before they put it out. They'd check. Yeah. Yeah, Rudy. I'll tell you what, Rudy. Stop fixing my microphone. I I love that he gave it to the Post proudly. He says, I gave it to the Post because they would not fact check the thing I was giving them. And they'd just write the story. So just to be clear. We don't have any direct evidence that the laptop was part of a disinformation scheme, but we do have a letter signed by 50 high-level veterans of the U.S. intelligence community that says, wow, that has every single earmark of a disinformation scheme. And also, it's extra stupid, like dumb people are behind this. Almost exact words. And we do have all but one person from the team of writers at The Post refusing to have their names on the article and a bunch of other staff from the post putting out a statement about how this particular story doesn't reflect the very high bar for journalistic excellence that you normally expect from the New York post. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, also one more. And, and a source that got all the way duped by Borat. <laughs> by yep. Borat in a sequel. Oh. We, yeah. Yeah, that character already existed. <laughs> Borat 2. Borat 2. Yeah. Uh, So it doesn't quite meet the journalistic standard of the newspaper whose business model is, we hope you buy this while you wait for your bacon, egg, and cheese to be ready. (laughs) But really not buy it and put it back on the rack. Yeah. Unless you need something to make sure that the cheese doesn't drip because you're wearing a nice suit. (laughs) Who's a pedo? (laughs) Okay. But here's the bottom line. Let's assume everything on that hard drive is real stuff from Hunter Biden's computer. And let's assume the email from the Ukrainian guy at Burisma was describing a real event. That means the smoking gun October surprise is that Joe Biden once met a Ukrainian guy somewhere, sometime, and talked or didn't talk about something or nothing. That's (laughs) it. Well, but which, to be fair, though... Would be every bit as incriminating as all the shit people freaked out on Hillary Clinton for. Yeah, that did work. That level of thing worked. So they tried it again. Yeah, well, he did make out just like Baby Spice. (laughs) (laughs) 
And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Arise Rotomus Prime, Steve, Kara, Ken, P. Andrew Torres, attorney at Loud, Not a Bear, Scott, Ben, and Maddie. I want to tell you I love your way every day, which rhymes with night and day in the next lyric from that song. I used to hate that song, <laughs> but now I kind of like it because of your beautiful dicks and vaginas. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> High fidelity nailed it. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed. Available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide, or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.